NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, offers exclusive content Monday to Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today, on ESPN, and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. And NBA Today is also available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Warriors President, General Manager, Bob Myers here, just hours away from Golden State and the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Bob's in New York, getting ready to head over to the, to the Garden to see, presumably, Steph Curry break Ray Allen's career record for three-pointers in NBA history. Uh, two away as we start the day. Uh, Bob, is this is this one of those days where you... You feel like a little bit like a fan. You go to the arena feeling like a fan. Well, I don't know if a fan, that's a hard one, but certainly um, with a little more anticipation, right? Just something, fan might be the closest thing. I still will watch the game and hope we win and, and um, you know, be as anxious as any GM would be watching his team play. But yeah, I mean, this, these are fun moments. I mean, these are the ones where you hope you can step outside of the job a little bit and um, recognize it for what it is. I talked to a few people, maybe you were one of them, and said, "Is it how important is it? You know, should, I, should I do this? Should I go? And everybody kind of resoundingly said, you don't want to miss these things. Because I, I sometimes get confused on what are the moments and what, you know, I know when my kids were born, that's a moment. My marriage is a moment. I don't know in sports. I mean, um, lucky enough to win, um, you know, a few times uh, at the highest level, but this is cool. Mostly, well, for many, many reasons, but to, to be on a little bit of Steph's journey with him, it's fun to see it culminate in the garden. You think about that journey, Bob, with him, and when you reflect on your time with him, lots of incredible highs and, and some lows at different points, especially early on. Um, when you're flying in last night or you, you'll be walking over to the game what do you think about with Steph when you think about the collective in your time together? Well, I guess he, the uniqueness of him, well, there's a lot of unique things about him. Um, you know, he didn't come, he didn't come into the league anointed. I mean, in some respects, yes, because of Davidson and his dad, but he wasn't a surefire kind of phenom guy, number one pick. You know, was gonna was gonna solve all the franchise's problems. Um, in hindsight, you know, we we all should have thought that, I suppose. But um, you know, when 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 Larry Riley and Don Nelson they drafted the guy, you know, seventh, I think a lot of people thought it was a great pick. But you know, it, revisionist history, everybody would say, well, he should have gone first or second. I mean, I don't know that anybody was banging on the table at that moment in time. Easy to say now, but for me personally, uh, having known him and been with the Warriors 10 or 11 years. Yeah. I, early on, it was, he couldn't be healthy. He couldn't stay healthy. And uh, you hate to see talent like his and character like his being denied the opportunity to compete and play. So I think at the outset, it was, let's get him on the court. But that was harder than you have to remind yourself how hard that was. He was spraining his ankle and kind of really, kind of uh, non-contact ways. And, you know, we were all worried. I think he was looking back too, but fast forward, it's been a step-by-step -step thing. I remember watching him in the playoffs against San Antonio and um, he made a shot 
off one foot, a three-pointer off one foot, and it was in the playoffs in the second round in 2012 or 13. And I looked at, I think I was sitting next to Travis Schlink, who's assistant gym, and I said, he just he just shoot that off one foot? And uh, and he looked at me and he said, I, I, I think he did. You know, now, now I guess that's normal. Um, you know, the fact that he can shoot 15 threes in a game, and it's not that big a deal. I mean, think about that. Ten years ago, people would have said he's lost his mind. I mean, nobody shoots 15 threes in a game. Now he does it a lot. But for me, it's the step watching him win, um, watching us lose, um, watching us stumble, watching us succeed. That's how you really get to know someone. So I'm just fortunate. Yeah, to get to watch one of the best players ever play quite a bit in person, but more fortunate to kind of know the guy because he's um, the rare celebrity or athlete that's better than advertised. Like you've probably met a lot of people in your line of work. Um, and I, not to pick on any, you know, I'm not going to name any names. Some people underwhelm you. Um, he doesn't do that. He goes the other way. Yeah, I, re- I remember introducing uh, Doris Burke at uh, an awards event. And that was exactly the analogy I used, Bob. I said, I said exactly like Steph Curry, Doris is exactly who you hope she is. Like who you think mm-hmm. she is, she's exactly that and more. And I think that's how people feel about Steph, when you think of the moments, I don't know if failure is the word, but but of setback, the injuries, um, you think of 2000 uh, in 19, losing in the finals and watching KD go down and watching Clay go down and uh, you, you see him, you know, uh, his own injury a year later. What do you, you've seen him at the very top. You've seen him as MVP, as a three-time champion, what do you learn about what what do you know about Steph that maybe others don't or don't see when it doesn't go well when when um when he has to respond to that kind of significant adversity I think two things two things about him that I marvel at one is I think people might know this one but the joy is real like the joy for his craft is real and in a pretty cynical world and sports is part of that world. Sometimes he loves what he does. And I think we all are envious of that. I mean, I, I, I've told people publicly, privately, I wish I could have as much fun as he does. I, I sadly, I don't have as much fun as he does in life. I'm jealous of that. Um, he's a good reminder of all of that. And, and everybody would say, well, of course, Steph Curry, you think he doesn't have, pro- we all got problems. Okay. We all have struggles. We all have adversity. But he meets them with joy. That's not, it's hard to do. Uh, that's why I think he's so infectious. That's why people watch him warm up. That's why people watch him play. Makes people happy. We all want to be happy. Um, sometimes we don't know how. And so he reminds us um, that it's possible. And um, that shows through in a pretty big way. The other thing I would say about him, the behind the scenes stuff is, when you play at the level he has and compete in some of those you know, these the, the big games like the finals, if you look back, he's faced a lot of criticism. You know, he's he's faced it throughout his career, and, and any star does. He's not alone in that. The thing that I also think um, sets him apart a little bit is he's he's got a real confidence about him, a real confidence in his belief and ability and his work. Which, if we're all being honest, you know, the insecurity in all of us comes out and usually when our insecurities come out it doesn't come out well 
especially in something so emotional as sports and as competitive as it is. I think you said one time, or, or you borrowed from somebody that competition breeds conflict. And in it and behind the scenes, you know, especially when you're competing at the highest level, there's all these opportunities to blame everyone else um, and make excuses. They're all there for you if you want to, especially in team sports. And I've seen him time and time again come off a poor game or a performance and meet the criticism head on and genuinely acknowledge his part in it and be better for it. I think that's so rare now with all the scrutiny on any famous human being or athlete when they have to perform every night to somehow rise above that in the conviction of yourself. When we lost um, almost the most poignant, when we lost game seven at home in 2016, um, you know, as a GM, you meet with the players uh, the next day, um, sometimes the day after exit interviews is what we call them. And uh, I, this was eight, nine hours after we lost in 16. And I remember him coming in the office and, you know, he kind of looked me in the eye and this is, you know, this is our best player and leader and most important person in the franchise. And, and we were talking about the game and he goes, you know, I got to be better. And it's just so refreshing. It's, it's just not that common. I mean, it's just not that common for somebody of his stature to look in the mirror, but that's what leaders do, right? You look in the mirror, what's your part in the play, good and bad. And I just think that's a rare thing. Um, but those two things stick out for me, his, his g- genuine joy and his real confidence in his ability. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Bob, what, what if anything angers Steph or really frustrates him you have found in your time with him? Hmm. Oh man, he doesn't get that upset um, that often. Um, he's a, he, 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 not outwardly. You know, you have to kind of see. He when he's upset, you have to be around him a little bit to see it. Um, he holds himself to a pretty high standard performance-wise, which people may may or may not know. Again, I'm probably too close to it, but you know, he's. I'm trying to think of a time where he got really upset outside of losing. I mean, his competitiveness is real. His competitiveness is, is at high level. I can't remember in 10 years where he's ever called me really upset about something. I remember when Draymond has called me <laughs> upset. Maybe I'm so PTSD by Draymond's abuse that about what Steph has said. Um, or how about this? How know, about what, what irritates ahead. him? Maybe what, as a GM and you know what you need in the environment, what you need around the team, within the team, what within the team might irritate him? Is that a better way to ask it? 
What what can yeah, you not no, accept? Yeah, no, you're you're not. Your question is good. I could answer <laughs> that about most people in my life. What upsets them? I'm I'm not deflecting here. I'm having a hard time thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I think the hardest thing he has to navigate, and I I don't think I'm getting too personal here, is his celebrity stat. Like the hardest thing he has to figure out in life is how to how to navigate that. I don't think he's. I don't think he's uncomfortable with his fame, but I think he wants, you know, I wouldn't say anonymity. I I think he's done some great things with, with his, with his profile and with his fame, but I think there's part of him, the adulation. um, Some people really love that. I'm not saying he doesn't, I'm not saying he shuns it, but I think he's got a good center about him. So sometimes when, that stuff kind of overwhelms him. He, he, and he doesn't, it's not mad. It's just, I can't imagine walking in his shoes. And I think for anybody like that, if they're being honest, it's how do I be a dad, be a husband, you know, be a teammate when, when there's so much coming at him. I think those are the times where I think anybody has to figure out all that. Um, so I've had some really good conversations with him about life. Um, cause he listens, you know, most people stop listening when they get as successful as he does, but he actually, he'll, he'll have good conversations with you. How many of you in your decade plus in golden state, how often would you say that you just, you know, you wander through the gym from your office to wherever and steps in there shooting and working on his craft. You, you see him at the arena, you see at the practice facility how often do you just stop and watch and just watch him through the years? Cause it is, it's an endless number of shots, right? I mean, <laughs> you just stop and marvel at it. Not enough. Um, not enough. I think that, um, you know, I've probably been around him too much or I've been lucky to be around him too much because when he's not doing it is probably when I'll notice the absence more than the presence of what he does every day. Um, I use this example. I'm not an art aficionado, but if you have a Rembrandt or Picasso in your hallway, do you look at it every day? Um, even though it, you, you probably get, if you were to, I don't have one of those, by the way, if you came to my house, <laughs> You would notice it right away. You have one of those big say, oil paintings of yourself, have, right? Uh, that you have yeah, up? I've got an oil painting of me with a trophy. Yeah, it's all over the house, just trophy. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I think it would be something. Whereas you or your son or daughter or anybody would come to a practice or or tonight at the garden to see it for the first time is to see something unique. Sadly, and I wish I could appreciate. I do appreciate it, but when you see it as often as I've gotten to see it, it's the, you have to kind of take a step back. Although I will say this, um, another little analogy. I live in San Francisco. I can see the bridge um, from where I live. And somebody said to me one day, this is a few years ago, they said, what's it like living in San Francisco? I said, oh, it's great. You know, live kind of the bridge, I can see it. They go, one thing you'll never hear somebody say is, I'm so sick of looking at that Golden Gate Bridge. So, so, I'll never say I'm tired of watching Steph Curry warm up, shoot, play. Um, every time he does it, you you know you're witnessing something that is one of a kind, that maybe there'll be someone that makes a lot of threes, but they won't do it the way he does it. And I'm lucky 
the, the longer you're in something, I'm just lucky to have seen him, to have seen some of the other players that have come through our organization, to have seen some of the players we've played against. Um, as a basketball fan, I'm extremely lucky to have seen all these things in person, and I don't take that for granted. I was thinking about Ray Allen this morning, and uh, I, I covered him as a freshman at UConn, and I remember he was 18, and I remember I would finish writing my stories in the pressure room, and I would have to walk through the arena to go to leave, and very often he would be back there alone shooting. And you'd watch him just do his form shooting, right? You know, you start in front of the rim and you take a step back, just like they teach you in the first time you're on a team, how to form shoot. And and he would just do that starting in front of the rim and a step back, a step back to the free throw line and then, you know, work from inside out. And he's 18 years old. And I remember 20 years later, in the Boston Garden, I think it was 38, and getting there really early on a, I think it was a day of a playoff game, and he was the only one on the court, and watching him do the same exact form shooting drill that he had done as an 18-year-old freshman, he just had such an appreciation of all the in-between there, and um, I think sometimes that gets lost because guys like Ray and, and Steph, I mean, they come into the gym every day with with that mindset and uh, Bob I, I wonder with Steph if you, you'd, you'd ask him he's probably as excited about this run right now and breaking this record um, but, but just as excited the fact that Clay is just around the corner and those two will be back together again yeah I um, I'll I'll probably get to see I think I'll get to see both those things in person I would argue one of the another thing that Steph does that I guess I could have thrown in the character elements of him is he celebrates other people's success uh, unbelievably well. He he the envy doesn't exist in him. Um, I, I haven't seen much of it at all. So when Clay comes back, he might be more emotional. I would I would bet. I don't know. We'll see. Um, both are huge moments. I imagine in his mind for different reasons. But as far as Clay back, um, you might see – I don't know what you're going to see with that. That's, that's going to be a lot of – that may be the most emotional moment in our franchise. I mean, clearly winning a championship or losing championships has, has to be up there. But um, that moment when he comes back will be big for – I remember when we had to call Steph and tell him when Clay tore his Achilles. I'll, I'll never forget where I was sitting, who was in the room, our owner. Joe and Steve and when we told Steph and Steph was in Mexico I think and just silence on the other end of the phone I mean and and I'm sitting there and just nobody knew what to say and there was nothing to say uh so their connection is so deep right I can't even understand what it would be playing with the amount of kind of moments they've had together the, the amount of times they've sat next to each other in the huddle and um that'll be huge for him and and I know um, tonight will be if he gets there and makes a couple. Um, if Tibbs lets him maybe make a couple threes. <laughs> uh, that'll be huge too. Both huge moments for Steph. I don't know if you can measure wh- which one will be bigger. I have to ask him. That relationship with Clay and Steph and 
you know, people have seen it on the court and off the court. It's there's just a great closeness to them. But the way they play off of each other and the way each of them makes the other better. JJ Redick was citing a really interesting stat about when they're when they're together. Just uh, how many open threes? I think the open threes. It's unlike any one else. I mean, you, you you just haven't seen it in so long, Bob, and you just got used. It was just part of, it was part of the furniture in Golden State. It was just part of what you saw every night. And it's, it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, I've got to see him come back and get close with the ACL, then take the step back with the Achilles and watch him rehab. And, you know, cause a lot of times the team will be on the road and he's in there. And I don't go on the road with our team all the time and I'll see him in there and there's nobody in the facility and he's by himself working with our trainer. And so I've gotten to see him quite a bit um, and see the process and see him. He loves basketball so much. You know, he just, he just loves it. He, he's there's basketball and I don't know the number two. I mean, he's, um, you know, he doesn't have a family yet. And this, it's so big in his life. Um, and it's, it's legit. It's not for money. It's not for anything else. He just loves the game. And um, he, just to see him get close now. And yeah, I mean, he has been such a part of us and a fabric of us that um, when he comes back, that, uh, you know, I don't, that may be, there's, I don't know if I've cried. I mean, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, but if there was a moment to maybe do it, you know that the the, the, the uh, maybe I'm a sucker for a comeback story, but um, he was dealt a cruel blow. A guy like that to miss two years of, of his career is not you can't get it back. But I told him maybe he can play till he's forty. You know, um, but yeah, it's I, I, I more think about him, Woj, than than the team. Obviously, my job is to try to our job in the front office build a team, and he's a huge part of making that work. But my first thoughts will be of his journey and him, and then we can talk about how he, he he makes us better for sure. Yeah, well, it's 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 coming soon. I think there's a, I think as you guys have said, there's some um, you know expectation it could uh, be this month in December. But Bob, uh, Knicks Warriors tonight. I know you're getting dressed and heading over to the arena. Have fun. And uh, you going? You're gonna see? Are you? What are you? What are you? Are you you're not going? No, I'm doing the <laughs> six o'clock sports center from home, Bob. But I'll be watching. Have fun, enjoy it. Like right. you said, there aren't there aren't a lot of nights like this, and so this will be. Right. I know this will be uh, uh, pretty special for you guys. But thanks, thanks for jumping in as always, Bob. All right, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to our guest today. Golden State Warriors President and GM, Bob Myers. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure also to listen to The Low Post with Zach Lowe, The Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, and the Adam Schefter Podcast with Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.